When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 17th, and yes, oh yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Do you have PL Plus? No, get out of here. This is just for PL Plus members. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Jacob Junis last night against the Diamondbacks, seven innings, one and run, four hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts, 16 whiffs, 36% CSW, 101 Pitches is amazing considering he hadn't tossed more than 80 since mid-June. Really love to see that. It was also the last time he went five full innings. Um, slider was really good. 11 whiffs on this one. Change of return, 40% CSW. Sinker had 28% called strikes, which is exceptionally high. Now, this was a little bit of the blame it on the Diamondbacks. And he does get cores next. And it could be the Twins after that. So you don't need to jump after Jacob Junis right now. But keep this in mind as he becomes a streamer later on in the year. If you're looking for those September streams, it can be really tough. If you guys know my amazing streamer graph that I've posted on Twitch a lot, it's in just a bit. But September gets really, really rough uh, because there are a lot of guys that are going on shorter starts. The the the, the rotations change a lot. Uh, it's just messy. There are fewer guys that are really competitive later in the year. You have a lot of prospect guys who aren't that good pitching. It makes a really tough time streaming. So we'll see. Hopefully, Junis can be one of those that maybe we can rely on in September. Nick Pavetta went against the Pittsburgh Pirates, got the win. Seven innings, pitch zero, runs one hit, three walks, and six Ks. I was wondering which would be more effective. That is, the Pirates' offense being bad or Pavetta's command being poor. And despite both existing, <laughs> Pavetta came out on top, uh, or you could say the Pirates' offense came on top by being the worst of the two. Um, I don't think that Pavetta's command is better, though. And, yeah, I don't think I would do this against the Orioles. The Orioles' magic is real. Adley Rutschman is killing it. Cedric Mullins is still a thing. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that. I think he's made a lot of bad pitches over the plate. The Pirates didn't punish him for it, and so it goes. Charlie Morton went against the Mets. 6.2 innings, 0 in runs, 3 hits, 1 walk, and 12 strikeouts. 19 whiffs for a gallows pull. Got the win, of course. He went 50% curveballs. It's wonderful to see. Really axed the cutter here. And there are times when the cutter is a really beneficial asset for Morden as he gets strikes with it, but the curveball was just so good and dominated with that pitch. I hope he does well against Houston next time. It's unfortunate that he has to face a really tough offense after this. If we were getting like the Pirates or he's getting the Marlins or whatever, we would feel so good about that next start against Houston. I hope that he has the same approach. But yeah, you're, you're going to start him. That's going to be a probable start uh, option there. Merrill Kelly just keeps rolling. He has dominated the Giants this year. Seven innings pitch, zero in runs, four hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. He's a massive Vargas rule. 55% strikes on the changeup is weird, and so is 92 miles per hour on the fastball. But yeah, as I mentioned, it's a Vargas rule. It's it's just weird. It's just, all right, all right, fine, Kelly. We're just going to keep starting you and forget about this for next year. He's the Derek Rodriguez of next year. I mean, I keep saying that, but like Chris Flexen from last year, you know, this happens every year. There's always some guy. Uh, or 
five. <laughs> Sonny Gray against the Royals. Six innings, pitch zero and runs, three hits, one walk, and ten strikeouts, 16 whiffs, a 40% CSW for a King Cole. The curveball finally showed up. Eight whiffs over 31 thrown. That's over 25% swing strike rate to 39% CSW on it. I, uh, but I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, not great. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see a superscript, by the way. I guess I did that inside the roundup. Um, but, uh, it's not great that the slider is not there. Um, but I'm thrilled about this. Uh, I'm thrilled that, like, the curveball is, uh, is working again. I, I do have some, some hesitations because the slider isn't there, but I think you can just keep rolling with Sonny Gray. And also, he's in the best team to pitch for in the AL Central. Uh, and I think we're going to see a nice schedule through the end. Justin Steele went against the National Six Games pitch, zero and runs, five. It's two walks and five strikeouts. He was a streaming victory here as his slider came in a tick harder and good command down and arm side with it. Fastball was a little more erratic than I'd like it to be. I want it to be that up and arm side. Down and glove side was the slider, I should say. And up and arm side was the fastball in the previous start. Not so much in this one. It was Natty Light. It worked out. The Cardinals are fine. It's going to be a questionable one there. I don't know if I want to. Um, I don't know if it's quite enough yet. I don't know if the four-seamer... Like, the four-seamer is the volatile one. Some days it really dominates. Some days it doesn't. And if it doesn't, I think the Cardinals can still mess them up even with that low, hard contact allowed slider. J.P. Sears went against the Rangers. And for the second straight start, Sears came through... Five innings, zero in runs, four hits, three walks, and two Ks. But it's just two stri- two strikeouts. Uh, I want to say two strays uh, combining Ks and strikeouts. I don't think his command is that good. I don't think his stuff is that good. I'd be very cautious with this uh, with J.P. Sears. Edward Cabrera went against the Padres. Four innings, zero in runs, three hits, two walks, and seven Ks. 11 whiffs. He needed 91 pitches for four frames. He's not efficient quite yet, but the changeup is good. The force is a, the slider is good. Yeah, all right. He gets the athletics next. I mean, we're still very much in on Edward Cabrera. Um, I'm spoiled. I just want him to be everything we want him to be as opposed to showing hints of it and still having some of the struggles. I know it's kind of weird for me to say struggles when he allows only five base runners and seven Ks, but it's four innings. You got you to gotta get 12 outs quicker than 91 pitches. Tywin Walker left his game against Atlanta in just two innings because of back spasms. Hopefully he's okay moving forward, but you might want to be hesitant against the Phils just because the Mets might limit him a little bit there. Garrett Hill against the Guardians, six innings, one and run forwards, two walks, three Ks. I don't care about Garrett Hill, guys. I really, I just don't think he's that good. I think he just got really fortunate here. I would not do this. Zach Greinke, one and run in six innings and nine hits and zero walks against the Twins, five Ks in there. I'm glad it worked against the Twins. He still had a 1.5 whip, but that's fine if he actually went with Granky here against the Twins. Uh, he gets the raise next. Yeah, he's a Toby. He can go six innings, two run runs or something like that and be fine there as well in your 12-teamer. Jeffrey Springs against the Yankees. The Yankees' offense is just so, so bad right now. Five innings, one and run, two. It's one walk, four Ks. I really like the changeup uh, from Springs in this one. Slider was all right. Should have been a little bit lower, but it's fine. Four-seamer command wasn't quite as pristine as we've seen, but it was all fine, and that's how he got through five innings here. I uh, guess the Royals next, and if that changeup is still this good, he should be good to go. Uh, we have Dean Kramer against the Jays, seven innings, two hundred runs, four, seven hits, one walk, and six Ks. 
against the Toronto Blue Jays. 13 whiffs, got the win. His cutter was really good. 74% strikes and a 36% CSW. He really just lived with pretty much everything in that bottom uh, glove side quadrant of the strike zone. And I don't know if that's going to stick around. That really hasn't been the thing for Dean Kramer. Uh, he gets a Red Sox next. Uh, if he's able to do this with consistency, especially putting that cutter down there, uh, yeah, that could work. It is a gamble, though. And you're going to hear me say that a lot. You have heard me say that a lot, right? There are a lot of guys that have these... Um, it's the range of outcomes. It's just about how high is that ceiling, how believable is that ceiling. I don't think we're going to see a lot more of this from Dean Kramer. But there's a chance that he's still productive um, as the Orioles' magic continues. So... Yeah, not the worst. Not the worst if you're looking for something uh, desperate in a 12-teamer. Uh, f- uh, Robbie Ray against the Angels. 10 strikeouts. Got the win. Ace is going to ace. Uh, it was really interesting to see Robbie Ray live arm side with his sinker in this one. I mean, really just like up north and south all along the arm side edge, uh, which is pretty dang cool. And then he went four seamers on the other side and the sliders all over the place uh, for a 25% swing strike rate because it's dope. Um, it was cool. I, I really dig that Robbie Ray's really found himself after struggling early on in the season. Or really, like, did well and then didn't. It, it was a weird, tumultuous event for the first six weeks until he found the sinker. Brandon Woodruff against the Dodgers. Five innings, two and runs, five hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts. He was just pumping 97-mile-per-hour fastballs past him for 11 whiffs. It's really nice to see. And uh, I kind of regret putting him in Tier 3. I feel like he should be at least in Tier 2 now. Jose Quintana against Rocky Road did exactly what Quintana should do. You keep starting him. Uh, Nestor Cortez, excuse me, uh, against the Rays, seven innings, 300 runs, four hits, zero walks, and three Ks. Yeah, it, it's it was a little bit worse with the the four seamer here. Only got four whiffs on it. Wasn't able to elevate like he usually did, which meant he li- relied more on the cutter than the slider uh, to try and get quicker outs, uh, and it worked. As he went uh, glove side with it consistently against right-handers and jammed them inside. The Jays are a bit more of a challenge. If he doesn't have that four-seamer uh, command, this will be worse than three runs in seven innings. I think he should be all right. He was doing it for a couple starts. Had a regression here. I think, yeah, I think you start Nestor Cortez against the Jays. Uh, Justin Verlander went three and runs, seven innings, eight hits, one walk, four case. I don't know why I flip it around sometimes. I just do. Against the White Sox, uh, it's really frustrating considering how long Verlander did not allow more than one and run. Now it's two straight of three and runs, but I can't be that frustrated. I mean, this is a this is a decent whip and an ERA, and it's fine. It's Justin Verlander. Good job, buddy. Um, a little bit of a careful careful Icarus in the seventh as he allowed two and runs in that inning. Kyle Gibson had 11 strikeouts against the Reds on the road, and now he'll host them. Uh, next time, so I feel like you just got to do that again. Hopefully, a slider has a 57% CSW with 9 over 23 whiffs as well there. Kyle Freeland on the road against St. Louis had a poor quality start. Great, I'm proud of you, but we're not doing that. Kohei, Ir- <laughs> Kohei Arihara, sorry, against the Athletics, 5.2 innings, 300 runs, 8 hits, 3 walks, and 6 Ks. It's close to a very, very, very poor quality start. Not going to do that. I uh, moving forward. Uh, Jose Suarez against Seattle. Five by one innings, three and runs, four hits, zero walks, and five strikeouts. It's fine. It's not really what you want. A three and runs and five point one isn't good enough for you. But it's within the spectrum of what he does. You know, it's nothing like yeah, that, that was part of the pro- the possibility if he did stream him. He gets the raise next, and yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with it. Uh, 
Bottom of questionable, top of do not start. I mean, it's it's very pedestrian what you're chasing, but I, that can work out for Jose Suarez. Dylan Cease against the Astros, three earned runs in five innings, six hits, three walks, and four Ks. Very disappointing. I would say this is the most disappointing start, yes, more so than Alec Manoa, because it was Dylan Cease not having slider command and the four-seamer and, chain and curveball not coming through when he needed it. Not to say that the slider was, was bad in this one. It was just, I, 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 I want to take that back. The slider was still good. It just wasn't so elite that it masked the curveball and fastball enough. Because those had a 9% and a 10% CSW. 9% on the four-seamer and 10% on the curve. That's really bad. That is the biggest concern I've had about Dylan Cease the entire year. And I don't want that to be realized. I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that, haha, it's finally happening and now he's going to be bad. I'm not saying that. Um, but that is the fear that brought me down before that was incorrect because Dylan Cease has not been like that. So I'm hoping this is just a one night bland. And, uh, it is kind of what he's been doing the last two to three starts. I mean, the slider command has gotten a little bit worse. So this was a little bit better here. Uh, I think you just gotta, I mean, still in Cease, like he's been so good for you. You gotta just kind of say, ah, nah, whatever. It's just one start. It's a one night bland. This will be fine. I'm crossing my fingers about it. Um, Ryan Papillo, we're not going to talk about that. You shouldn't be starting him. Sean Manai is really disappointing too. 89.1 on the heater. Uh, four innings and three earned runs against the Marlins. He was supposed to be like 91, 92. 90, I'm like, uh-oh, that's not good. 89 is not good. It's two ticks down from the 91 average. Um, So he does get 90, 90 light next, but this was against the Marlins. Ah. Yeah, I think you gotta keep starting him, but yeah, no. Um, Patrick Corbin against the Cubs. Funny. Uh, Alec Manoa against the Orioles. 5.2 innings, four and in runs, four hits, four walks, and seven Ks. He's still got seven Ks. The slider isn't getting as many whiffs as we want. Two out of 29 is not what we want to see. I think it's something where Manoa isn't, uh, you know, he's going through his, his rough period. Every pitcher goes through it at some point. He's going through it now. Okay. I think he rebounds. He gets the Yankees next, and they are as cold as anything. I think you're fine with that. Uh, it's just about finding that slider. Uh, you know, I, I think more so about slider strikes. But really, I want to see those double-digit slider whiffs every so often. So I I think that's really the the main element here. It's fine. We're not we're not pushing the panic button on Alec Manoa here. I'm also disappointed about Zach Plesac against the Tigers. I really like this one. I thought okay. The Tigers have been allowing everybody and their mothers, especially on the road against right-handers, to strike out at least seven and have a, have a cushy ratio start. Police that got knocked around. 5.1 innings, four and runs, nine hits, three walks, and only three Ks. Ugh. And he's had a good slider and changeup as of late and didn't really work. Now he gets to the Padres, and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that one. Uh, that's incredibly... Uh, I don't know, precarious. He's going to be the top of do not start maybe for that. Maybe bottom of questionable. Ah, don't love it. Um, Mitch Keller against the Red Sox. I don't really think that that's very much worth your time. He does host the Reds, which is as good as you can hope for, but the ceiling isn't very high for Mitch Keller. Um, the whip is often terrible. This was really bad against the Red Sox. And then TJ Zoic, you don't, you don't want to touch TJ. Um, all right. We're going to talk about today's starting pitches for all of them through the week. Uh, you should check out yesterday's uh, podcast. But just talking about today's, um, there really aren't any updates. Uh, Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon, 
Tony Gonson, Framber Valdez, Pablo Lopez, and Jordan Montgomery in that top tier. George Kirby, Mike Clavenger, Tyler Molly, and Tyler Molly, and Cal Quantrill are in that second tier. Pretty straightforward stuff. Questionable start tier leads with our stream pick of the day. Drew Smiley against the Nationals. Uh, I like what he's been doing recently. His curveball is so good and it's 90 light. Uh, you have Domingo Herman also in consideration against the Rays. But then you have four other guys inside this tier who I don't really know how I feel. Nick Lodolo against the Phillies. The command has been in and out. Phillies are a little bit tougher than the other two matchups I talked about. Uh, you have Rich Hill against the Pirates, but it's Rich Hill. Corey Kluber against the Yankees. The Yankees are doing really poorly, but Klu- Corey Kluber just got trounced by the Orioles. And Michael Kopech is the velocity going to be there. And he's going to be good enough against the Astros. In the do not start tier, we actually now have Ronzi Contreras fourth here um, against the Red Sox as he's been called up. I don't really want to go for that one. Because I don't think that Ronzi A is super stretched out. Uh, so we're probably going to see at most five innings or so. Maybe 5.1 or something. Red Sox are decent. Ronzi Contreras hasn't been so incredible that you need to do this. So I'd say spec add this. That's fine. But you don't need to throw him out there now. Ahead of him is Ranger Suarez against Cincinnati. Eric Lauer and Diego to Rizzi. Um, Lauer gets the Dodgers, but he's a cherry bomb. Like, it could work. Uh, do not start here, though, guys. Um, Diego to Rizzi against the Mets. Yeah, I don't want to. Do Jacob Rizzi after he just couldn't handle the Marlins. Ross Stripling against the Orioles. Cole Raggins against the, oh no, Reagans. I believe it's Reagans. I don't know. They're saying it's not Rags and Riches. Uh, I don't know what else it would be. Ragins? Uh, <laughs> against, uh, against the Athletics. I kind of think he's interesting, but I, uh, it's, um, you know, he hasn't done it yet, but I think Cole can put pitches around the zone while he's the nibbler. And I, it can be very, uh, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how he performs here. Daniel Lynch against the Twins. Austin Voth against the, the Jays is unfortunate because I kind of like both of those guys, but those are two tough matchups. Tuki Toussaint, I think, isn't actually going to have the same command from last time because he goes against the Mariners. And then Zach Davies, Ramon Marquez, Corey Abbott, Adam Aller, and Daniel Norris, you don't want to start. Um, all right. Today is Wednesday, which means it's buy and sell day, which is kind of weird to do, uh, this late in the season. So I can't really do too much of selling um, with the high, higher rostered guys because at this point, you know, are you trading them away? It's already the middle of August. I think you, all the same names, as you guys know, like your Logan Gilbert, you know, uh, Sean Manaya. I'm selling at 89 miles per hour. Burrios, of course, all that stuff. I, I don't really, I'm trying to think of guys that have good, you know, performed super well that everyone has in high regard. And I'm like, aha. Not doing that one. Uh, I am buying Alliance Lynn and his resurgence um, as of late. I mean, you know, the typical Tobies. I always feel like the shoe is going to drop at some point. So like Merrill Kelly and Tyler Anderson and Miles Michaelis and Martin Perez, etc. Uh, but I actually am high on Jordan Montgomery. I think the Cardinals are changing him a little bit with that four-seamer usage. Uh, it makes it pretty interesting, especially with that defense and easy division. Uh, am I buying in on Drew Rasmussen? Eh. We've seen him have good command before this year and uh, no, before during this year, I should say, and it's gone away. So I don't know if I really want to do that. I am buying on Marcus Stroman rebounding. Uh, I am selling on Alex Wood and Alex Cobb. I think the schedule is just too rough for them in the near future and it's just not enough. Obviously buying Reed Detmers. You guys know that one. Uh, there was a good question in Twitch chat today between Jack Flaherty versus Mike Soroka. Uh, who would you stash right now if you're thinking about like September or so? I'm leaning Soroka because I do wonder if the Cardinals are going to limit Jack Flaherty more like they did last year, only putting him in, in relief for about three innings or so. And that could be the case again. So I think Soroka 
is going to be more utilized as a fifth starter than uh, Jack Flaherty would be. Um, but maybe I'm wrong about that. And, uh, you know, I'd say both if you can. Get rid of John Gray and Chris Sale if you still have them on your IL. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, I'm buying in on a little bit. Michael Waka, a little. He's at 40% or 47% rostered right now. I'm very curious. That command was just so good against the Yankees. I uh, Let's see here. I'm I'm selling on Keegan Thompson. He's still at 40% rostered. I'm buying in on Jose Quintana at 44% roster. I'm kind of selling on on Jesus Lazardo at 43%. Much rather have Edward Cabrera the same roster ship. Um, Jose Quintana. I'm sorry. Um, Jose uh, Jesus Lazardo. <laughs> excuse me. I uh, changeup is really good. Fastball velocity is down. Curveball is worse. And I do wonder if it just spells uh, kind of the same thing that we saw last year. I mean, the changeup is good though, but we'll see. I am curious if Ty Lord McGill next year, I'm wearing my Ty Lord McGill shirt right now. Uh, next year is an intriguing guy to chase. Maybe DeGrom leaves and maybe there's another opening in that and they slide in Ty Lord McGill again and we all kind of let him go past pick 200. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, as far as this year goes, we may see him slide in, but David Peterson has that. And that's actually a very interesting buy um, as he gets to Phillies this week. And if there is any sort of long-term injury with Carrasco and or um, Tywin Walker, Peterson will slide in and get some good matchups. Slider is still really good. Um, he did well in his last uh, minor league start with that slider. So I'm interested there. Uh, Corbin is still rostered in 22% of the leagues. Man, that is something. Selling Yusei Kikuchi in 26% of the leagues. Flexing is in the bullpen. Should not be at 30%. But there are a lot of leagues, of course, that are just uh, a lot of a lot of managers have just given up at this point, especially if they had Corbin and Flexen on their teams. Um, other guys, I'm buying in on Nick Lodola at 15% roster. That's very interesting. Um, there's also a little bit of me buying Andrew Smiley as I have him as a stream pick of the day uh, ahead of Nick Lodola. But both of those guys, kind of interesting, would be, I mean, Lodola would be the stream pick of the day in the, in the questionable start tier tomorrow, uh, or today, rather, at 50% rostered. So... Good, to, interesting to see that. I'm buying in on Ronson Contreras around 10% rostered. I keep an eye on Jacob Junis, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else here at the bottom that I would say, oh, this is someone you should be considering. I'm keeping an eye on Chris Bubich's velocity and JP Sears, as I mentioned. He's gained the opportunities. It's just about the command. Uh, there is Spencer Watkins that we debated about for tomorrow. Um, he is the very bottom uh, streaming option of the day. Uh, the bottom of a questionable start, but there's Austin Voth and Daniel Lynch were going today too. So watch those starts, see if the if the breakers are really good in that, and if they have good enough fastball command to make those breakers thrive in those starts. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's about it here. I uh, yeah, I'm not I'm scrolling. I mean, you could say Kyle Kyle Muller when he gets another chance if he does later on in uh, September. I would be watching that one too. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Uh, I will be putting out this podcast pretty early tomorrow as well, so uh, look out for that one. But that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock. Give me your babbles below and your strikeouts high. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.